We are on Ksubis, the very bottom of Laman Ches, Amabez 38b2 in the Arsul Gemara on the second column. And we are continuing our discussion about uh, the knas, the fine that a person receives when he rapes or seduces a girl who is a na'ara between the ages of 12 and 12 and a half. And we've been having a discussion about the fact that the knas, the fine, um, is given to the father, to her father, unless there's various different, there's different circumstances where uh, we have exceptions to that rule. There's various exceptions to that rule. One case that we discussed was from our Mishnah, a scenario where she is engaged, she has a halakhic engagement, and then they get divorced. So then what would the law be in that case? We had a three-way argument, three-way machlokas about that. Um, and perhaps it centers around, not necessarily, but perhaps it centers around uh, whether or not she left uh, her father's rishus, her father's jurisdiction, or did not leave her father's jurisdiction. If she left, then perhaps uh, she she should receive the knas herself. She should receive the fine because she's no longer within her father's jurisdiction. Um, that, that was a, a discussion. Other cases which will also come up where it's clear there that it's based on the fact that she left her father's jurisdiction are cases of, let's say, either the father passes away or the concept of that once she's above the age of 12 and a half, meaning uh, the the incident occurred while she was a girl between the ages of 12 and 12 and a half, but when they go to court, she's above the age of 12 and a half, so then uh, she would receive the fine herself. Those are all cases where uh, she basically leaves the jurisdiction of her father. Okay, we have one other case here, or at least one other case, uh, which is now discussed in the Gemara. So, Amr Abaye, Ba'alaha Vemesa Pater. Abaye says that what happens in the following case, where she is either seduced or raped uh, between the, at an age which is between the age of 12 and 12 and a half, and then she dies before they go to court, before this is taken to court, and before there's a ruling that he's obligated to pay the fine. She dies, she passes away. So then Abaye says, Pater, there's a complete exemption with regards to the knas. Again, there's other payments that are, are required of the damage that was done. But with regards to the knas, with regards to the fine of 50 shekel, um, so then he is exempt from that. Shinamar, Abaye explains, It's based on a drasha, based on how... Uh, to expound upon the Pasuk, the verse, it says to the father, the, the, the amount is given to the father of the Na'ara and not of the father of the deceased girl. And so therefore, there is a complete exemption here. Some of the commentators point out that this exemption is because uh, really she did not leave the jurisdiction of her father. She's still be, between the age of 12 and 12 and a half. She did not leave the jurisdiction of her father, uh, but she passed away. And so therefore, there is an exception to the rule here when it comes to the kanas, when it comes to the fine, perhaps when it comes to the fine alone, meaning the father would still receive the amount of the embarrassment and the disgrace and the shame that was caused um, and all of that, that would go to the father, but specifically with regards to the kanas, with regards to the fine, so then nothing happens uh, there's an exemption there, and Bayez says it's based on uh, the way they expand upon the verse. Now, the Gemara now says, Milsa de Pshitele la Baye, that which was 
obvious to Abaye, this law, which was obvious to Abaye, Mibaye Rava, is really questionable. It's un, there's a level of uncertainty according to Rava. According to Rava. Uh, Rashi explains, the classic commentator on the page, Rashi explains that the Rava that we're talking about here is not the statement that the Gemara is about to discuss, but we will see that in a few lines, there's really a different statement. The, 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 the conclusion of the Gemara is a different statement, a different question, and that question is really our, is really what Abaye is not, what Abaye was certain of, that question is, has a level of uncertainty. But what the Gemara is about to address right now is clearly against Abaye. As we're about to see, Abaye says that the moment that she passes away, the father does not receive anything. The Gemara is now is about to assume that no, that if she passes away, the father could still receive the kanas, the fine. But what's the question at hand there? A fascinating question. Dubai Rava, Rava asks, again, this, is, this part is really not a question about Abaye. We'll see the question of Abaye in a few lines, but this is clearly against Abaye. Rava's question is, Yesh beggar bekever or in beggar bekever? Essentially as follows. We know that, let's say she was alive the whole time. But until they go to court, uh, so she, something happened, the incident occurs between the ages of 12 and 12 and a half, and then by the time they get to court, she's already above the age of 12 and a half, so then the knas, the fine, goes to her and not to her father. She's no longer part of her father's jurisdiction. Rava asks, what happens if she passes away before the court case? And then at the time of the court case, so if she were to be alive, she'd be above, above the age of 12 and a half. She would really already be viewed as a bogaris, above the age of 12 and a half. So then, do we count, this is how some of the commentators explain it, does a person age still factor in after the person passed away? Right? It's a question that people ask, oh, if the person were to be alive, so then the person would be such and such age. Does that really have a lofty ramification or not? Fascinating question, meaning if this girl were to be alive, she would be above the age of 12 and a half, so maybe the fine should go to her. Well, she's not alive, so she should go to her, her uh, those who receive her estate, uh, those who are her Yorshim, who inherited from her. Um, and so that's the question. Does it go to the father or does it go to somebody else? Well, the question is, who is that somebody else? Uh, it, it, it should go to her father. We're talking about a girl who's uh, a little bit above the age of 12 and a half. She passed away. Uh, so then the closest relative seemingly is the father. So to this, the Gemara clarifies and explains. So, but just to point out, before we get to that clarification, this is clearly against Abaye. Abaye says the moment that she passes away, there is no knas. There's no fine whatsoever. According to Rava, there is. It's just, it's a separate point. It's a separate question about uh, once she, she uh, reaches the age above 12 and a half, even if it's after she passes away, do we view her halakhically as above the age of 12 and a half? Or that no, when she passes away, there is no concept of age after she passes away. Fascinating question. But the, 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 the clarification requires, well, let's say she's above the two, age of 12 and a half and she go to her, but that she go right back to the father. So the Gemara explains, no. Yesh beggar beggar of the the case is, the Gemara explains, where she had a child. She had a child. And so therefore, if she had a child and she passes away, a child receives the inheritance before a parent. A child receives, an, if, if there's a person who passes away, and the person has parents who are alive, and the person has a child who is alive, so then the estate uh, is given over to the children and not to the parents. So the case here, we have this girl who was raped or seduced between the ages of 12 and 12 and a half. And then she passes away, but then time passes before uh, the court case, and she reaches above the age of 12 and a half, if she were to be alive. So the Gemara is not sure. Does it go to the father, 
because the father has rights. At, the, at that time, when, when the girl passed away, she was under the age of 12 and a half. Or does it go to her children? Uh, does it go to her children who uh, would be the ones who would inherit it? Because it really should go to her. Because if she were to be above the age of 12 and a half, so then she, when she was alive, so then she go to her. Now, the Gemara takes a pause, a big break on this, and asks the question that perhaps many of you are thinking, which is, wait a minute, she has a child? How is it possible for her to have a child? She's just barely above the age of 12 and a half. And so this is exactly the Gemara's question. And it's based on this question. It's going to take time to develop the question. But based on this question, that the Gemara rejects this entire approach. Is it even possible that at the age of 12, she had to become pregnant uh, after this, uh, this whole incident occurred? So at the age of 12, 12 and a half, uh, that she became, she became pregnant. Vatani. Rabbi Kamedir of Nachman. Rabbi said in front of Rav Nachman, we have the following idea. Shalosh Nashim, it's the following law. Shalosh Nashim Shamshizmoch. There are three women who are allowed to use a cloth, basically to insert a cloth into the vaginal area to prevent pregnancy. Uh, so there are three women who are, well, the question is, are they, there's a, a whole discussion. Uh, a dispute amongst the uh, the Rishonim, the earlier commentators, is it that they're allowed to use a moch? Is it that they're required to use this cloth? Is it just allowed or required? And at what point, there's a whole separate discussion about at what point, are they inserting this cloth during the time of sexual relations? Or do they put it in afterwards to remove the semen after uh, after they have sexual relations? Why? Because we're, we're about to give three cases where there's concern for danger, that it's going to put up somebody's life in danger. Uh, what are these cases? Eluhain. These are the following cases. And then we'll return back to this to, to explain it, to analyze this further. But what are the cases? Kitana umubaris menika. A girl under the age of 12. Or she, she uh, we'll see, it's between the ages of 11 and 12. She uh, is either allowed or is required to use a cloth because we're afraid that we don't want her to, to get pregnant. Or a pregnant woman. The Gemara thought that women who were pregnant could also get pregnant again. So she's also allowed to use a cloth. Or if she's nursing, she's allowed to use a cloth. Why? Kitana Thomas. We're concerned that if she's between the ages of 11 and 12, she's so young, if she becomes pregnant, then she'll die. She'll die as a result of that. And so therefore, for the danger of her life, we allow her to use this cloth. If she's pregnant, there was concern that she become pregnant again. Again, this was this was the the thinking and the medical thinking at the time in the Gemara that she could become pregnant again, and it will cause her fetus to die, to become like a sandal and, and just die and become deformed. Menika, if she's nursing, we're concerned that if she's nursing and she becomes pregnant, so then she won't be able to nurse uh, her her first child, and the first child will then will then die. So because of all three cases, out of concern. That either the minor, the girl, will die, or that the fetus will die, which has its own question of what exactly is the prohibition there. Is that viewed as murder or not murder? That's a whole separate topic. Um, or that if she's pregnant, so then, uh, sorry, if she's uh, nursing, so then there's concern that she'll, she won't have any more milk if she becomes pregnant, and then uh, the, her first child will die. The Gemara explained, and this is why we're mentioning all of this, the Ezui Kitana, what is it, the girl that we're concerned that she'll die, Basically, um, 
this girl that we're concerned that she's going to die, that it's really dangerous for her to become pregnant, is between the ages of 11 and 12. If she's under the age of 11, so then she doesn't have to use a cloth, she's not going to become pregnant. If it's above the age of 12, so then there's no, uh, there's no, there's no concern of, her, uh, of it being dangerous for, or, or of increased danger, let's put it that way. Um, in the times of the Gemara, it was perhaps already dangerous uh, to become pregnant, but an increased danger would, not, would no longer apply. And so therefore, the cloth could only be used for a minor between the ages of 11 and 12. Divrei Romer, that is the position of Romer. Before we can finish the Brisa, the whole reason why we're mentioning this is really just to tell us that a girl under the age of 11 can't become pregnant, and between the ages of 11 and 12, uh, she'll, she'll die. There's a, a, high, a high concern that she'll die. Um, and so therefore the point of the Gemara is that, well, <laughs> how is she become pregnant and having a child? She can't have a child. Uh, but just get back, getting back to the point, what is the concern about using a cloth? What would be the issue here? Uh, so if it's used um, during sexual relations, so then there's a question of, is this part of the prohibition of Hashchaz Azar Levatal, that there's a prohibition on, let's say, clearly on the man for him to just waste semen. He cannot waste semen. Now, if it's done during the act itself, and it's a normal act of sexual relations, there's now a question, is that allowed or is that not allowed? Perhaps it's not allowed on, as a biblical prohibition, maybe it's only in a rabbinic prohibition. Um, and, and then there's an opinion that says that what we're discussing here is not during the act itself, but it's after the act that she's removing the semen. And the question is whether women also have a prohibition to, to remove semen. Is it just on the man or is it also on Women. So this is a, these are all big, big topics. Um, but either way, if there is a prohibition, whether let's say it's on a rabbinic level, uh, there's a question of whether it's allowed or required, because maybe it should be required because it's causing danger uh, to, to these people, or maybe it's, it's allowed. It's their choice. They have the choice of using this cloth or not, um, and that, not, that, not that it's required to use this cloth. That's all according to the opinion of Mayer. The Gemara, because we fit, we started the Brisa, it concludes the Brisa of a Chacham Omrim. The Chacham argue on Rav Meir, and they say, "Achazu, achazu, mishem meshes kedarka valachas umina shemayim yirachemo mishum shenem arshomer pesam hashem." A very important, fascinating halacha here, which is that the Chacham argue, and they say, "No, all these women, all three different types of women that we're talking about, they are they should, they should not use this cloth. Why? Isn't it dangerous?" Uh, to this, the Chacham say that no. That there's a concept that Hashem protects uh, the simple, literally. That's what it means. Shomer Pesayim Hashem. That Hashem protects the simple. And what this means is that if it's already being done, it's normal for people to do this. That it's already been accepted within society, even though there's a certain level of danger. Then Hashem protects people when they are acting based on the norms of society. Uh, but this only applies if it's a certain level of danger. If, if, if it's a real serious level of danger, so then we'll say even if it's normal within society. It's a, it's a certain higher level, higher level risk, and then uh, a person has to be very careful. A person has to be. We, have, we take uh, we take these things very seriously when it's a, a danger of a life, um, and and so if it's a high level danger, so then even if norms in society uh, say to get that they they should still act in such a way that's dangerous, then a person cannot follow that. But if it's an in between stage, if it's a, a lower level risk. Uh, but, but it's becoming the norm within society to take that risk. So then we say the concept of Shomer Pesayim Hashem, that, uh, that Hashem protects, uh, protects those that are following the norms within society. Very interesting, very interesting law. Now when this applies and this doesn't apply, 
<laughs> this is a huge, huge topic. Also, um, so for example, this came up with regards to at least in the beginning, uh, when when people when when the science started coming out, not now, but when the science started coming out about the dangers of smoking, uh, and so at the beginning it wasn't a high level of danger. It wasn't as 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 much of a danger, uh, at least that's what the science thought. Uh, and so then the 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 literature discussed about whether we should apply this principle of Shomer Pesayim Hashem. So, for example, for today also, there's a big discussion, let's say, to go skiing. So then when a person goes skiing, so how common is it for people to get injured? Um, so then is it allowed? Is it not allowed? But it's become the norm. Um, so perhaps uh, skiing shouldn't be allowed. Many do allow it. Others, There's a few that do, some don't allow it. Uh, so all of this is, applies within this concept of Shomer Pesayim Hashem. Either way, that's, these are all really... Tangents on our main point here. Our main point is as follows. If we're giving a case here where she becomes pregnant as a girl above the age of 12 and then gives birth above the age of 12, how is it possible that she could give birth within um, within six months? It's impossible. If she's under the age of 12, so then she there's danger. If it's above the age of 12, you're going to tell me she's above the age of 12. Well, uh, above the age of 12 is um, impossible for her to give birth within six months. She would have to give birth within six months. And Shmuel says, because Shmuel says that after six months, she becomes a Bulgaria. She's no longer a Nara. She no longer has the status of a Nara, of a girl between the ages of 12 and 12 and a half. After 12 and a half, she has the status of a Bulgaris, of, uh, of basically of an adult. Uh, not this in-between stage. So in order for her to basically go to court, or really to pass away, she has to pass away before the age of 12 and a half and give birth before, and that's impossible. It's impossible to do all that within six months. The Gemara says, oh, maybe Bulgaris, when it says that there's only six months between uh, where she's a Nara, it's only from 12 and 12 and a half, maybe that's just the lower limit, but maybe she could still be a Nara for many more months and only turn into a Bulgaris much later. To this, the Gemara says, no, only six months. We're talking about only six months. Only six months. So if it's only six months, the basic question of the Gemara is that it's impossible for her to have a child. She's not having a child. Um, rather, uh, because if, if it's under the age of 12, it's dangerous. If it's above the age of 12, so then uh, it's impossible for her to give birth within six months. So what's the case? So rather, these are the two factors. You know what? Do we say that Yesh Beger Bekever, she could become, after she passes away, again, the cases where she passes away, uh, and she passes away, and then as time passes, they don't go to court yet, and then as after she passed away, if she were to be alive, she would be above the age of 12 and a half. So did she leave her the jurisdiction of her father? So if she left the jurisdiction of her father, so then their father doesn't have rights uh, to the fine. Or do we say that no, ain't Beger Bekever, that really... She's not viewed as above the age of 12 and a half, and the father does have rights to the fine. Do we say that the father doesn't have rights, or the father does have rights to the fine? So, so that's one version of it. And the second version really now connects back to Abaye. Um, and with this line, we will conclude, Marbar of Ashi, Bailahachi. Marbar of Ashi is a different way of understanding the question of Rava, which relates back to Abaye. Because Rava, until now, is understanding that, the, that his doubt it was all about uh, whether or not when she turns 12 and a half after she passes away, is she viewed as above the age of 12 and a half or not? Marva Rashi says no. Misa osabagras, so in osabagras. Just does death alone, just death alone 
does that make her above the age of 12 and a half? Does that turn her into an adult? Or does that not turn her into an adult? Uh, just the death alone, forget about, not about being above the age of 12 and a half. Just at the moment that she dies, is she no longer viewed as a Nara? Basically, is she outside the jurisdiction, perhaps, is she outside the jurisdiction of her father, or is she not outside the jurisdiction of her father? And so that has to do with Abaye, because Abaye said the moment that she passes away, the law is that, the, that there's no fine. There is no fine, it doesn't go to the father, it doesn't go to anybody, there is no fine. And that's the question now. At the moment that she passes away, did she leave the jurisdiction of her father or not? So to that question, the Gemara says, Teku. The Gemara is not sure. The Gemara doesn't have an answer. The Gemara doesn't know. Uh, there's no answer to this question. At the moment that she passes away, is she viewed as, uh, halakhically, as uh, no longer a Nara, as, as an adult or not? The Gemara doesn't have an answer to that question. Um, so in the end of the day, we have the position of Abaye who says that there is no fine. Uh, but according, uh, according to the second approach, it's, it's a question. It's a question that's not that's not resolved according to uh, others. Okay. Well, this concludes this part of the Gemara. We have a few more lines to the next Mishnah, which we'll cover in the next class as we continue on in Ksubis, As we are now three blot away, three pages away from finishing completing this third parak.